All right. Hello, everybody. Marcus Giuliano here, your host of In the Weeds, Real Tales from Real Restaurateurs. And who's joining me today? Ehab Abu Hamoud. Hi, Ehab. Uh, awesome to have you on. Um, had some great conversation with you already, and I'm gonna you got you got some incredible information to share here to uh, first-time restaurant owners. So uh, just tell 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 our tell our fans here a little bit about you, what you do. Sure. Um, I actually am an owner operator of a Muscle Maker Grill. Uh, which is a franchise. My uh, restaurant is in New York City, right in the Chelsea area in Manhattan. And um, I started with three restaurants and I am down to one right now. Okay, so you started with three, you're down to one. Usually people That's say right. the opposite. I started with one, I'm up to three. So, right, right. Um, yeah, so this is awesome. Uh, this is going to be great. So, I know a lot of uh, people who get into the franchise world, I know a lot of independent operators. Um, there's pros and cons to both. So did you have restaurant experience prior to jumping into Muscle Maker Grill? Uh, no, I did not, actually. I had pretty much uh, zero experience um, with any of you in the restaurant industry. So that's why I chose to go with a uh, franchise. It was like a security blanket, somebody to hold my hands, basically uh, show me the ropes until I kind of got a hang of it myself and then put my own little twist on it. Awesome. So, yes. People don't understand what it takes to open a restaurant. And I'm sure and even in the franchise world, it takes a lot. Imagine taking all those tools away from you um, and getting into, the, into this business. And that's what a lot of people realistically do. They say, I'm doing a career change. I'm jumping into the restaurant industry. And there's no blueprint for them. Now, you had a blueprint. Um, so uh, is the franchise world all it's cracked up to be? Is it always 100% success? Absolutely not. I don't think anything in life is 100% success, but I can tell you being in the franchise world, uh, I highly advise against it. Against the franchises? That is correct. If you were to open up a restaurant, you should do something on your own. Something on your own. So obviously get good experience first, I'm assuming, right? Understand. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Without a doubt. I mean, you don't have to actually go into a franchise business yourself in order to gain the experience. You could actually go work for a, uh, a, a restaurant, gain your own experience, see what it's all about, and then you know, figure out whether you want to, that's something you want to pursue. So do you imagine opening another location of the same concept? Or, I mean, have you talked about expanding at any point? Or are you happy where you're at? Oh, I'm completely content where I'm at. I actually expanded. Uh, so like I said, if we had this call a couple of years ago, I'd tell you I'd have three or I'd be expanding. But at this point, at this juncture of my life, I'm actually trying to reduce the amount of work I'm doing. Excellent. Excellent. I, I'm, I'm all for working less. Um, <laughs> can't blame you for that. In so, the restaurant industry, at least. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, we all know it's day and night in the restaurant industry. So speaking of, of workload, how many hours do you work a week? How, how often are you actually at Muscle Maker Grill, your location? Uh, right, right. Well, right now, I, I, I've kind of reduced my hours. Again, you know, when, when I had the three locations, you were talking about 70 to 75 hours a week. Uh, that wasn't any fun. So I was kind of making money, but I was miserable making money. Um, so that's never fun. And again, you know, you touched on uh, the restaurant business. You have to be there kind of night and day if you want to make this thing work unless you got to pay for good help and that's going to that, that's a pretty penny so um you know just in terms of uh w wanting to uh to be in the restaurant business 
Um, that's something really you have to have a lot of uh, a, a lot of energy for, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> How often do menu changes come across from corporate? Uh, menu changes um, very rare. The only time that they'll actually uh, send something out is kind of like a limited time offer an LTO, um, and that's never like a showstopper. So, and anything that actually does do any success, uh, they kind of stop that. So, I, I never got the logic behind that. Um, so, again, kind of uh, just being a, a, a an independent franchisee. Um, sometimes I keep the LTOs. Okay, you're okay. So, how many locations does Muscle Maker have? Do you know the current count? I don't. I don't. I know there was a, a ton of them that closed down. Um, you know, and I know there's some that are in development. So. Um, you know, they definitely don't have as many as they used to. Uh, I know that the company wasn't as healthy as it should be. Uh, there were some issues going on. They were trying to take the company public. So there's a lot of politics going on right now in the, inside of corporate. People don't realize how many franchises are out there. I think the average consumer that walks down a Manhattan street or any city street doesn't really realize beyond the restaurant world, all kinds of carpet cleaners, um, everything, Franchises are, are, are very, very popular and out there. Um, how did you pick Muscle Maker Grill? It's a funny story because uh, actually I got married back in 2006 and I moved and I actually moved into the town where the uh, very first Muscle Maker Grill was located. So the original store um, and I actually patroned that location, and I wasn't too fond of the food. Again, it was more of the healthy concept. I was working out at the time, so I said, let me try to eat healthy. Uh, again, did not like the food. So about a year later, I seen one of those stores, same restaurant pop up in my uh, the town I used to live in prior to getting married. So I, I went into that location, and it was very busy at the time. And um, I started thinking where one of these would, be, would do really well. So I asked the lady behind the counter where the owner was that I have a business proposition because there was an empty location right near next to the gym I was going to. So I thought, you know, no, no better uh, location than, than right next to a gym. So they told me that they're actually franchising. I didn't even need to speak to an owner. And, uh, you know, that's uh, the rest is history, I guess. Wow. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. So at least you knew of the concept and, and of what was going on and, and bought into the principles of the concept before you jumped in. I, I did. And actually, let me say, I actually had a dish. It was called the Arizona. It was, it had me at hello. So my previous experience that I had at Muscle Maker at the original location uh, wasn't so great, but actually giving it a second chance and hearing about it, you know, pop up in that area from my, from my family members. Um, I decided to take a chance. And uh, again, I, I mean, the, the dish that I had was phenomenal. And right then and there, I knew I wanted to get into that business. Wow, that's very cool. That's very cool. All right. So in the franchise world, you've been open since, when did you say, 2012? Uh, 2012, correct. 2012. So seven years in. So that's, I, that's a cool stretch of time, seven years. And I know a lot of other muscle maker owner operators that have not, didn't even make it two years, didn't last three years, didn't last one year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can imagine. So I've actually been into a muscle maker grill. It hasn't been, it's been a while and I, I didn't realize they were a franchise. I thought they were just a multi-unit independent operation. Um, I haven't been in one in five years or so, but I saw it in Manhattan. I popped, popped in and I forgot what I got, but I had gotten something at the time and I was like, okay, cool. So great concept, you know, um, great name, 
Um, I'm assuming they're going after more of a niche market of the people that want to live healthy, work out, uh, watch what they're eating. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's exactly what it is. Uh, again, but the name Muscle Maker Grill, I think, kind of has a negative connotation to it because uh, when you look at it, you think, you know, juice heads, bodybuilding. Yeah, so we kind of don't get that female audience or, you know, that, that female-based customers. Uh, although we are in New York City, so we do get more than other locations. But again, the name kind of just gives it a negative, like I said, connotation to it. The first thing I think of when I think when I hear the name is uh, like a Gold's Gym and dumbbell sure. so exactly that, that's the first thing i, th I think of uh, i've had that somebody ask me if we sell grills we sell actually barbecue grills or do we sell muscles seafood <laughs> so. Right. so what's some advice you can give to people that want to jump into the franchise arena um run as far as away as possible as you can <laughs> uh and, and don't and don't look back <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, I, I have a friend in New York City area who made a ton of money um, in his first franchise uh, uh, round and then is sold and then went to a second one and lost a ton of money. And uh, he now coaches uh, franchisees on, 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 on this whole art of, of, of business. And uh, he's been a very successful coach because he's made a million, lost a million. So he's seen both sides of the spectrum on it. And again... Yeah. People don't understand, a lot of people don't understand that a franchise is not a guarantee it's, uh, uh, for success. You have to work just as hard, um, although things are laid out for you, uh, like you said, a blueprint, which is really cool because a blueprint is going to help a lot of restaurateurs uh, just in general. It helps a lot of restaurateurs because uh, a lot of people get into the business, even people that have years and years of experience. And my, in my experience as a coach and helping other restaurateurs, being part of a mastermind is you can have somebody with 20 years experience get into the restaurant industry and still don't know how to run food costs, don't know how to set up a training manual. They might make the best food ever because they're a chef. But when it comes to that other stuff that they've never done for 20 years, they fail miserably. They've never, they've never placed an ad in their life because they've never had to. And, you know, and that's like, it's a total shock to them and they don't understand why they're not a success. So that stuff can be very helpful for a lot of people, these blueprints. Let's talk about marketing. Um, how much flexibility did you have in marketing? I know they probably take a certain percentage of your sales to go to marketing. Does the marketing work? Yeah, uh, I feel honestly feel that uh, marketing, um, it depends what kind of marketing. Uh, right now, uh, the biggest, you know, the biggest hits that we're taking uh, is from our third party, uh, pro, uh, third party vendors or third party partners, uh, which is uh, Grubhub, I'm sure you're familiar with. Uber Eats, so I'm sure they do their kind of own promotion. However, they're taking a lot of, they're taking a, a, a big chunk uh, of the pie from us, uh, but they're getting us most of our customers. Now, if we do any of our local marketing, um, I have to be honest and say no. Uh, to me, the most effective marketing, I believe, is guerrilla marketing, door to door, taking our menus, menus, and we're in New York City, so, you know, there's so many, uh, it's tough to get into the residential buildings, but there's so many businesses on every block that you could just, you know, freely walk in and hand in your business. That's the kind of local marketing we do. Uh, we don't do it as much as we should. Uh, and I believe that corporate doesn't really do a good job of uh, marketing uh, for us. Again, they're on all those free platforms like Facebook, um, like Instagram. Um, again, but they continue to take a percentage from us for marketing. 
but they're not really doing anything other than putting the same stuff on the same platforms that are free and don't cost anything. So I love, I love when you say guerrilla marketing, just walking around to other businesses, dropping stuff off. I, I had a, a conversation with a client today. Get in there, drop your food off, say hello to people, just, just make them know who you are. Um, Cause chances are they don't know who you are and that's the best way. Yeah. People can see a Facebook ad, this and that, but unless you've got a good ad copy, a good hook, a good lead magnet and good marketing to follow up, nothing beats good old fashioned face to face. Here's my product. Here's what I'm selling. Absolutely. And the whole thing behind that as well is, you know, you're telling people to get in there. It's about confidence. How do you have confidence in your product? That's number one. If you walk into a, a business and you want to sell your product, do you have the confidence to be able to talk about your product? So, you know, that's another thing. People don't want to do it. It, it, it becomes stale after a while. You keep on going out and you're doing guerrilla marketing and you don't feel like maybe you're getting the same response that you should get. Uh, but it's being able, being able to sustain that energy because the restaurant business takes so much out of you anyhow. So you have to have, find time to be able to do those things or send somebody out that you can trust that's just not going to be on the corner holding those menus and do actually do nothing with them and come back half an hour later and they're probably thrown in the garbage. Yep. I, I, so yeah. Yeah. I, ne I never forget the one time I sent out a newsletter and uh, we used to do newsletters, mailing newsletters. And I went to my attorney's office and I sit down and what's in his garbage is my newsletter. Exactly. And I'm like, ouch, that hurts. I'm not paying you for legal services and I'm trying and you come to my restaurant, you just threw my newsletter away. I was like, ouch. Yeah. Um, that's reality. <laughs> so what, um, do you get, you get, you guys get your own Facebook page for your location or is it one corporate Facebook page? They have one corporate uh, Facebook page. However, we are um, allowed to have our own local Facebooks, our own restaurant Facebooks. Um, I'm kind of old school, to be honest with you. I am, I was completely anti-social. Mm -hmm. uh, Anti-social anti, anti media, I should say, not anti-social. I am having a conversation <laughs> with you. However, um, again, but I do know now that, you know, it's, it's, it's very effective if you know how to use it. Um, I, for one, don't have any time. That's just the life of an, a, a restaurant owner, uh, being able to organize your own time, which is very difficult because I'm also doing catering and other things in the morning. So um, we are allowed to have it. Do we have a Facebook page? We do. And that was just from an old uh, employee that we hired. He set it up. Uh, we don't actually do anything with it. Um, very rare. Do I actually go on Instagram and, and do any posts or anything? So we do have, we are, we, we are allowed to have our own page uh, to answer your question. And if we do have anything that we want to share, we want to send it to corporate. They'll actually take it and post it on their corporate page. Uh, but again, I don't see any, any uh, there's no impact in terms of success regarding having their, whether it's their Facebook page or our Facebook page. How about a website? Can you, can you have your own website or it's all one corporate website? It's all one corporate website. So, you know, whether I, you know, do we have our own? I'm sure we can. Do we have one? No. Okay. All right. So what are some things, you know, of course you said people should run away from, 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 from the franchise industry, but one is what's one big lesson you've learned being in the restaurant industry? Um, just the time, the, 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 the time consumed in a restaurant is just a lot of hours. So, um, you know, you pretty much have to marry the restaurant if you want to make it work. If you want that restaurant to be successful, uh, you can't turn the keys over to an employee and, and, and think that they're going to run it as an owner would run it. Um, yeah, you could be away, but you don't know what's going on. Every transaction that comes in, you don't know how that's handled. Even if you have cameras, even if you have a microphone. Do you actually have the time to sit there and listen to what's going on? 
if you're going to do that, you might as well be in your own restaurant running the business. Yeah. You know, we can train staff. We can, and we can, but the reality is, is a $15 employee going to, going to give a crap like we do. The bottom line not at all. is there's not many that would even give half a crap like we do. I was just away. No, for, I was just away for three weeks in Italy. And I said to myself, I wonder how many nights my kitchen vents, my kitchen fans got left on. I wonder how many nights the heat wasn't turned off properly. And heat went right out. I, these are all questions, you know, and it's on checklists. It's there. We train them. We show them. But, you know, it's just they don't, they don't care like we care. It's not their money. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I, I know that checklists help. I know systems help. I know all that helps. But a lot of people don't do the follow-up. They don't inspect what they expect. They don't have anybody else to follow up for them. And uh, before they know it, there's chefs buying something in, re in a restaurant that's totally off spec. They're doing the wrong portion size. And they haven't changed the menu price. And the owner wonders why the food cost is 40%. So I'm like, well, yeah. you know, yeah. jump on the line every now and then and check things out, you know? So sure. what um, you mentioned earlier in our conversation, something about a demolition clause and a lease. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, well, a uh, little advice to anybody that will be getting space for a restaurant in New York City just to make sure that there is no demolition clause, meaning that if the landlord wanted to take the space back and actually demolish the building, uh, they have the, every right pretty much to terminate the lease and kick you right out. Wow. And you, of course, knew nothing about this beforehand. Uh, no, we did not, actually. Wow. Wow, wow. I would have never thought to look for something like that, too, a demolition clause. And who would think, well, they knock down their building, right? But, yeah, I guess that can happen. So oh, yeah, that, I did. That basically puts you out on the street, put the restaurant out of business? Or you had to move locations? We, we, re we relocated. You know, we, we contested, obviously. We disputed the, uh, the demolition clause. We were able to buy some time, uh, find a, a location, which is pretty much a couple of blocks down from us. Uh, it was actually a bigger location. We kind of outgrew our, our space anyhow, to be honest with you. But now, you know, when you go into a new space, uh, the overhead is, uh, is much more. It's a bigger space. So, you know, that comes with the territory. But we did not have, we actually closed down for three days, which is over the weekend. We chose the days we wanted to close down uh, to give us some time just to uh, get everything settled, uh, situated, and then uh, back up and running. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah, this has been awesome. Um, Let's leave on, on one positive note here. Um, what's, one, what's one of your biggest successes you've had in, in, in the franchise arena? Um, just being, you know, uh, growth. I uh, was able, again, I was able to have uh, three, brand, uh, three restaurants open um, at the same time. Um, I did very well my first two, three years in New York City. I was able to make money. But... Um, to me, it's just not sustainable. Um, you know, everything changes. The landscape, the industry, the restaurant landscape changes. Things change. The niche changes. So things change in the restaurant industry all the time. It's whether you're trying to be ahead of the trend or uh, just knowing what your competition is doing. Uh, but I do want to say one thing that I'm actually looking to get into a new business, which is the restaurant consulting business. And I'm actually willing to charge... My back, I'm sorry, I got cut off. You're there, you're there. The wife, the, my wife is calling me, so I keep uh, on, I got to keep on declining because I really want to get this okay. across. All right. So what I wanted to say is I was going to charge $5,000 for my consultation fees. 
and $2,000 to talk you out of it. $2,000 to talk you out of it. <laughs> and I think it'll be a very successful business, believe me. <laughs> All right, yeah, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it, and best of luck uh, to you in Muscle Maker Grill and, uh, and your consulting business. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Anytime you need me on, or uh, give me a link, or send me some tickets for that. I'd love to meet you. All right.